The games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 for grabs, and the best part is... It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve a victory. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to a USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Loud and friggin' clear. Oh, good. Feeling good, feeling great, feeling wonderful. Oh, uh, yeah, baby. Um, well, thanks for doing this. Of course, William. He went- it is it is my solemn obligation. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other place you'd rather be. <laughs> well, you sound great. I hope you know. Oh, great. Thank I, you. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, no problem. Just being <laughs> just being just being forthright and candid with you. I I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, well, I'm I'm sensing you're not really into the small talk right now. No, I, I'd love to get into the small talk. You, what? What am I doing? You've got some burning Nets Nation talk to get to. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well then, why don't you welcome people back, sir? So. Oh, folks, you better welcome back. Do another episode of maybe next time. I am your host, William, with my co-host Simon oh, McCormick. Nets Nation, you better start your engines and get ready for those extensions. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets. Nation, and we are recording this live. It is 7.03 p.m. on the East Coast. We are one hour and three minutes in to the time of year every NBA fan salivates for. That's right. They can't wait to eat it. They get so hungry, and you ask them, (laughs) what are you hungry for? Assuming they'll probably say um, some chicken tenders uh, by Section 114 at Barclays Center. That's what you assume every NBA fan is is into. Fuku, Fuku tenders. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And they say, no, what I, my my mouth is producing saliva for, actually, is... (laughs) 
the start of free agency. <laughs> so That's some right. some bombs have dropped, Simon, and some yep. East Coast, one East Coast foe in particular, has landed their third star, and that is the Miami Heat. Yes, landing Kyle Lowry. When you hear that. They, that Miami has put together a big three of Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo. How does that, as a salivating Nets fan, make you feel? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's, uh, it's an aging um, trio, except for Bam. But it, uh, grittier, you know, it, grittier than our gr- trio. Oh my God! Very gritty. Grittier, Easily Simon, by a country mile. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think those those three guys could give uh, the Pretty Boy Nets a tough tussle. I mean, certainly the Nets' big three is more talented, but uh, you know, it would be an unpleasant playoff series for for the Nets. Um. Yeah. No. I I would call it the big. The, it's their new big thud. Because uh, they're just <laughs> <laughs> age is definitely an issue with the with that trio. Uh, Did you see Cutie signed another extension? Yes, for an absurd amount of money. Yeah, I mean it must be a max. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's like four years, one hundred sixty-eight million or something like that. So forty-two a year, average. That's that's a lot. Yeah, even for a diehard Jimmy fan like me, that's. That's a lot of money on the back end. Yeah, on on the Thibodeau back end. He <laughs> <laughs> got those Thibodeau knees. <laughs> and you heard about you heard about uh, Jared Jared Allen, former Net, beloved former former Net, getting getting the bag. Yes, I told you about it. I don't want to blow up your spot here, but uh, I broke the news oh. on that one. You broke the sorry, Simon. I am, I am so I've been so immersed for the last twenty minutes in Twitter bombs that yeah that uh, almost forgot my, the side bomb. My I forgot the side bomb, and for a minute or two there, my saliva glands weren't even producing the requisite amounts of saliva because I was so distracted by what I was reading on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that it's it's great for him. Um, interesting to see how that plays out with him and the new guy they got, Mobley or Bobley or what, what it is, whatever it is. <laughs> Evan Mobley. Yeah. Evan what I want to know, and this I feel like is the great untold story of the NBA this year, is yes. what's going on with Evan Mobley's older brother. What? <laughs> so Evan Mobley's older brother, who was on his team this year, came okay. out of high school and apparently was like a five-star recruit, like one of the top kids in his class. But now he's just still on USC while his younger brother gets drafted as the number third pick. Huh. Number three pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll have to get James back on to explain that one to us, but yes, you and I are helpless to understand that. (laughs) 
dis- despite my intimate knowledge of Mobley Bobley. Um, okay, so this is all <laughs> to say we're recording during free agency. So, you know, if something happens that we don't address during this podcast, Simon, you f- I know you feel badly about that, but is there anything we could do? Is there like a, a recourse that our listeners could take? Is that maybe like they could submit an email asking for a formal written apology from us and we would oblige them, I think? Is that fair to say? Yes, I'm happy to apologize to anyone and everyone. And I also want folks to know that I'm recording this as a deadly disease courses through my veins, so perhaps they can take some solace in knowing that. <laughs> right. You know, they can take some solace the in that they're not dying, but they should take no pity on the person who may not have addressed every free agency folks, move they wanted to hear you address today. Folks, the timing is not perfect for me either. <laughs> As I'm currently recovering from COVID-19, a disease that has killed millions across the globe. Uh, But I wanted to come to you uh, today because I feel I'm uniquely positioned to be able to tell you whether Marcus Zigorowski will be able to overcome his size limitations to be a productive member of your Brooklyn Nets and many, many other insights that I feel only I can provide on my deathbed or no. You would be willing to cede the microphone were there anyone else worthy or capable of talking about Marcus Zagorowski. I wish there was uh, there was another even duo out there, William, who could who could give the people what they want and need. But sadly, I gotta drag myself out of bed. <laughs> I'm supposed to be on bed rest, people. Well, Simon, on behalf of Nets Nation, I would like to thank you for your service. I think. I think it's a, a very noble thing that you're doing right now. Thank you, Thank you William. Nets Nation, if you want to send um, an oxygen tanker to my way, <laughs> as a thank you, I'll get you the address in the uh, notes of the show. Yeah, hit us up at maybe next time at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, then, then and only then will I send you my mailing address. Oh, good God. (laughs) Let's get this show on the road. I got to bring the energy tonight, baby. (laughs) Oh, mother, fuck me, man. I got to, I'm taking pulls off my tank in between takes here. (laughs) This tank is so hot it threatens to... Burn through the cord connecting me to my only life source, this oxygen tank. <laughs> oh, Lordy. We got a lot to discuss. We have so much to discuss. I'm glad we discussed the elephant in the room, which is that you're recovering from a very bad uh, virus here. <laughs> um. It's really great that you are doing this, but we should try yeah, to move you. on. Thank you. Yeah, let's. This isn't about me, folks. Yeah, let's. 
You're here for bigger things than me. <laughs> Look no further than Marcus Zigorowski. <laughs> that guy has been on my radar for, since he was in diapers. Drafted at 49, but on someone's mock, maybe went a few picks higher or lower. Oh, my goodness. He was rarely mentioned on any mocks I saw. I'll tell you that much, William. He's the cousin of uh, Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, I, I heard that on somewhere on the Glue Guys or something. In- interesting. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I think I read it in Nets Daily. That's that we have now exhausted everything I have to say about Marcus Zigorowski. <laughs> Where we've we've started with our 49th pick. <laughs> <laughs> We're 12 minutes in, and the one thing we've talked about regarding the Nets is Marcus Zagorowski. Now, I since uh, believe it or not, I didn't know anything about. Let's just keep going with him. Since I didn't know yeah, anything yeah. about him, when I read the name, and pardon me, this was this was my unconscious bias. I saw yeah. the Zegarowski name and assumed like, okay, this is a European stash. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Because uh, it, you know, maybe I'm digging a hole here, but it it has a Polish ring to it. The last name. <laughs> Don't add us, Poles. <laughs> anyway, I thought he was going to be a Eurostash, and then I read about him, and, and I don't. I think he's uh, he's a, uh, an American, so I don't think he's going to be stashed. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to all our picks. Uh, I guess we should maybe start with a little background. We we took five picks, right? As I'm sure Nets Nation knows by now. <laughs> I don't think Nets Nation's done hearing us talk about what we oh, presumed sure. the ethnic origin of Zagorowski. <laughs> Not the ethnic, the, the national origin. Of, right, of, right, yeah. Uh, right. Okay, no, but yes, we are, we are going to talk the draft. It was an exciting night, Simon. What usually happens in Nets Nation on a draft night is we have a certain number of picks, usually two to four. And by the end of the night, we have at most one. <laughs> exactly. Who's who's often like stashed or who's, you yeah, know, who, who we only picked time. because he agreed to not uh, require a contract in the NBA. Right, right. This year we picked five, and by all accounts, we may be rostering all five of them this year. <laughs> uh, so let's start at the top. Cam Thomas at number 27 of LSU. He's a microwave scorer. Uh, yes. And what what are you feeling about Cam Thomas? I love it, uh, William. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm excited for Killer Cam. Uh, I, I know that people you know, maybe feeling like the Nets don't need more offense. And he, at this point in his 19 years of age is, seems like he's pretty much, um, a scorer. Uh, that's his primary attribute here. But, um, but, you know, I remember watching, you know, the, the net, the Suns teams with, with Steve Nash, which were also very high octane, um, scoring teams with, with Nash and Amari and Sean Marion, who could all score, 
But, like, they had Eddie House uh, for at least a year there. And he would just come in off the bench. He would jack up, like, pretty much immediately, like, four shots. And sometimes, you know, he would plank them, and he'd basically just get pulled out of the game. Not much harm done. But sometimes he would, you know, light it up and, you know, score 15, 20 points and, like, buy some more time for Nash to, to sit on the bench and, you know, it's nice to have a, a, a player like that, um, even on a team that <clears throat> has a lot of scoring. So I'm, I'm excited for that even in this, like, next year, let alone, you know, the potential for him to uh, to round out his game. Um, and uh, I'll just finish with this, William. I don't know if you noticed this, but I, I found in, in the sort of write-ups of him, it's sort of weird to me that, you know, he's described as a one-dimensional scorer, but, like, lots of players, particularly taken in the later part of the first round, have weaknesses, but, like, their weaknesses are described as, like, oh, needs to develop a shot, needs to get better at setting screens or whatever. But with him, um, in some of these write-ups, like in, uh, like, the athletics, for example, like, Vicini was like, yeah, it just depends on how good he's going to be as a scorer, because that's all he's got, was basically a paraphrase. And, like, he's 19, so he, he could, uh, you know, become better at, at all sorts of things. That's a that's a good place to start, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. At least he's good at, at, at something. And, uh, and, you know, is it concerning, William, that he averaged one assist a game uh, in 34 minutes of quite a lot of – it sounds, seems like he had the ball in his hands quite a bit. Sure. Uh, but, you know – um, a lot of lot of room there for for growth. Um, this just in, Simon. Breaking: Jeff Green has signed with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, two years, yeah, I, I, two years, ten million dollars. Looks like we're saving the the MLE for someone else. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of wanted to keep that a secret from Nets Nation, but. Um, but uh, <laughs> you've you've spoiled it again. Uh, no, that is very sad. He was. I think we agreed uh, in our previous podcast that like of the three of him, um, Blake and Bruce Brown, he might be the the one we wanted most. Um, sadly, that that's not to be. Yes, uh, R.I.P. Jeff Green. Best of luck on the Denver Nuggets. I'm sure he will fit in well there. Uh, great net this year. Glad we had him. Glad he's getting paid. Now back to the draft. Uh, very yeah. quickly on Cam Thomas. I watched probably more LSU basketball this year than any other college basketball team, which is to say maybe like a game and a half. Okay. Um, Why is that? Just because they were happened to be on. Uh, I saw. I was watching like the whatever they're in the SEC SEC final uh-huh. against uh-huh. Alabama because there were a bunch of like NBA players and he was the one on LSU and I so I watched him really closely that game and he basically did nothing. The center on LSU looked amazing, and then I watched him in uh, one game during the during March Madness and he mostly did nothing in the center was the guy I really liked on LSU until there was like this five minute stretch where he just blew up and scored like 15 straight points. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I think I, I didn't watch enough to have a real opinion, but I, I will say that like, if he's not scoring 
you're you really do wonder why he's out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which well, is that, fine. Yeah. Again, you know, he's young. Yeah, yeah. He's and and he can score. So that's exciting. Our next one at number twenty nine was the guy that James suggested the Nets had promised. Right. To take in the first round. So it's kind of a scoop for maybe Nets time here. Uh Dayron Sharp. <laughs> Of North Carolina, a rim running big, six foot eleven, uh, I think was the best offensive rebounder in in college basketball last year. Are you excited about Dayron? Oh yeah, and I'm also excited that we actually talked about someone that the Nets drafted. Right, uh, that, that could be the first happens. time in <laughs> maybe next time history. Well, there, there was brief mention. I will always remember this, William. Hats off to you because you briefly mentioned Nick Claxton. Oh, yeah, uh, right, right, right. The year that we drafted him, and that was that was a treat. Um, but yeah, Darren Sharp, as as we said at the time, like great that he's two hundred sixty five pounds already. Great that he's six foot eleven. That does seem to check out with like actual center size. Um. And yes, God knows the Nets could use some rebounding. And um, so I, yeah. from all reports I've heard, he's shooting the lights out from three. Now this is <laughs> yeah. something that, of course, you know, uh, everyone wants to say about a big now, and every big will say about themselves. But I, I've read and it, from multiple sources that in his workouts he was crazy good from deep. Well, let's uh, you know. Let's hope that uh, is true. That would be that would be a game changer. I'm not counting on that, but that would be a game changer. So the big news on these two, and we will go a little more quickly over the three second round guys. But the big news on these two, they had their their press conference, and while they it wasn't said that they would certainly get minutes, the idea that either of them might get minutes this season was certainly not written off. Do you think that we will see either Cam Thomas or Dayron Sharp play significant minutes this season, Simon? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, for any number of reasons, either because they are good or because we have a litany of injuries or because even if our players aren't injured, they're being rested. Like, I, I, think, I think we played like 27 players or something this this it was it's some absurd number of players got time with the nets this last year uh so i will never ever every every year there's always this like thought in my mind like ooh you know this this guy's going to get squeezed out this guy's not going to get enough minutes and it's like before training camp even starts, we're down like three point guards. We right. have no center. We're starting the season like, <laughs> with Chris Chioza helming the squad. Right. Exactly. So I I am committed to never worrying about people's playing time. Um, all right. Our second round picks Kessler Edwards at 44, a 3 and D guy. Marcus Egorowski at 49, who we've discussed in Raekwon Gray at number 59. Any excitement about Kessler or Raekwon? Kessler is exciting to me um, in a big, bad, and beautiful way. Three and D, uh, baby. Exactly. I, I, w- I hope that he um, gets something from the Nets, like a two-way contract or something that's not just a stash or, a, you know, get traded or whatever. Because, yeah, it sounds like he could at least be productive in some way. Um 
good size, good D, it sounds like. Um, does seem from the write-ups I've read that uh, the second you run him off the line, you've neutralized him offensively. But uh, we certainly know that um, – I mean, I just hope he's better than Torian Prince in that regard, or at least better at defense than Torian Prince. That's his. Uh, that that's my goal for him is be better than one of the most frustrating players we've ever had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Only only tolerable relative to Alan Crabb. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. Okay. I am into Raekwon, honestly. Okay. Six foot eight, 260 pounds, and I guess what turned many teams off was the uh, body fat percentage. Yes. I don't want to, as we all sit here salivating in the mouth of Nets Nation, I do not (laughs) want to body fat percentage shame anyone. No, of course not. But his not, was not in today's age. His was <laughs> his was seventeen percent, right? Which seems high for an athlete. Yeah, I, I think it is uh, based on what people have said. Astoundingly high. <laughs> astoundingly <laughs> high. <laughs> right there, uh, you know when when drafts when drafts happen, Simon. There are very few things that every team is going to agree on. But they all did collectively <laughs> seem to agree that that was a little bit high. <laughs> Rightly yeah, or wrongly, right. we'll find out. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, we're not, we are not condoning those body standards. No. Now, 6'8", that's pretty short for a center. Uh, but, yep. but if you got that sort of heft, that bulk, that 260-pound, you know, weight behind you. Uh, maybe, maybe it could be good. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So let's transition to free agency, Simon. There's so much to talk about. Uh, why don't we start with the, uh, thorn in my side, DeAndre Jordan. How did we not move off of DeAndre Jordan, uh, draft night? <clears throat> I don't know, and I fear it's because the price for doing so is quite high. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know if that's true, but it does seem like right that that's like one of the things that's been reported early and often um, out there in the rumors ville. Um, so. And it makes total sense because the guy is due to make $20 million over the next two years, and he didn't play a single minute in the playoffs or the end of the regular season. Um, And he stinks. So uh, totally makes sense why they'd want to move off him. Um, I just don't know what it'll take, and it it, it worries me because I've already grown quite attached, William, to at least our two first-round picks. I'm trying to to maintain a, a an emotional distance from our second round picks, but I can't help but fall in love with our first round picks. So yeah, when we're just I getting hope. a glut, if we've got Nick Claxton, Reggie Perry, who we extended, meaning he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, we extended the qualifying. We offer. We extended yeah, the qualifying no. offer. He's a restricted free agent. We can match on anything. I don't think probably he's going to get anything, but I hope that we match whatever he may get. 
Right. Um, so we've got those two at center. We have Dayron Sharp, uh, possibly Raekwon. I just there's just not room for DeAndre Jordan. Not to mention he is going to send, he's going to send a really really big luxury cap bill to Mr. <laughs> Joe Sy. Uh, purchaser, sweet sweet Joe Sy, our beloved billionaire owner, uh, who reportedly paid 157.5 million for an, a Manhattan apartment recently. Yes, yes. It's the second uh, most expensive apartment ever purchased in Manhattan. <laughs> isn't that insane? Yes, isn't it weird that it's still an apartment? <laughs> doesn't it? Like, <laughs> well, it's I'm several floors of a luxury building. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I still feel like if I'm going to plunk down $154 million for a home... 157.5. 157 I'm gonna, I'm gonna want a freestanding. I don't know. It has like thirty bedrooms. Not enough for me, William. <laughs> it's not a freestanding home. <laughs> if but I don't have to drive funny. my en- enormous car to it in the middle of fucking nowhere, then what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> my money better buy a yard <laughs> and a porch. <laughs> I loves me a porch. <laughs> Get me a rocker. A por- you know, our outdoor space, William, has been the only place my sickly self can get any kind of air in the last few days. <laughs> if if only your your whole lungs would accept the air that's trying exactly, to get Exactly, exactly. I had to bring my tank out there. but Oh, God. You're not on the tank. You're doing okay, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not on the tank. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm doing okay. Um, okay, so the the next biggest news other than Nets desperately need to get off of DeAndre Jordan is the Spencer sign and trade or because it's difficult for people to say sign and trade. Those are three syllables too many. Um, right. We've just shortened it to S and T. Yes, we, yes, good noticing, William. Yes. You have been on the, on Twitter lately. So I took me it took me a couple headlines for, to fully grasp what we we're talking about with Spencer S and T, but it's Spencer sign and trade. <laughs> uh, do you think we're going to sign and trade him? Where do you think it's going to go? I mean, all of this could be irrelevant by the time people are listening, but what are your thoughts on the Spencer sign and trade? Me, let me give you my dream scenario, William, and then I'll uh, I'll you try give to yours, and I'll give you mine. Okay, okay. My dream scenario is Thomas Bryant from the Washington Wizards. Simon, have you ever heard of a good old fashioned mind meld? Oh, is that your that pick is one hundred percent what I was going to say? Yes. Oh, great! I love Thomas Bryant. What about Thomas Bryant? Do you love? Uh, he always torches us for one thing. Um, and two, he, his three point shooting is fantastic. Yeah. He's a legit stretch five. Yeah. And he gets a decent amount of rebounds. Yeah. He can board. He has some, some rim protecting ability. Yeah. I so think he could what's be great. To yeah. love? I a hundred percent. I think that that is the absolute best thing that could possibly happen with the Spencer sign and trade. Who else is now reportedly interested? Oh, um, Presti and OKC. 
Yeah, now that could be an interesting thing to get um, to get DeAndre out of there via sign and trade, maybe. Right. But um, I suspect he would want more than that uh, than just the ability to sign Spencer, which he could do. The other thing I don't understand is they have a like so that would it seems like they could just sign him outright. Right. Yeah, I don't know why they why they couldn't. Um, but you know, well, I, 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 yeah. So, I, my my biggest hope, William, is that we get something, anything, um, out of Spencer Dinwiddie signing with another team. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we need to go too deep into all the possible things because it's going to work itself out relatively soon. I think it's safe to say, if we get a sign-in trade for Spencer Dinwiddie, that will be a victory, almost regardless of what comes back. Yeah. Uh, if we lose him for nothing, it'll be disappointing. But, uh, you know, we've had, a, we've had a fine time with old Spencer Dinwiddie uh, over the years. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I also will say I have never seen net income be more sort of like, ready to move on in my life than, uh, than Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, he's always clinging to, you know, like, you know, we could sign, you know, like, uh, up until, like, the minute after the the uh, James Harden trade, it was like, no, you know what, we're just going to write it back. We've got a bunch of great guys. These guys are core pieces. They're signed for several years. We've got a great, you know, it was just, you know, um, anyway. Just found that interesting. Yeah, no, uh, he he's tried. I think he's tried the patience of, of any reporter that has had to <laughs> to follow him for too long. Um, I I've definitely had some some dark. Not that I'm a reporter or following him, but I had some dark moments with Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, especially when D'Lo was on the team. But I'm over them now. I've worked through those issues, and I, 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 I wish for the best and, and hope we get something back. I think that there's about a 0% chance that he's a net. I think that's fair to yes, say. Yes, I um, agree. What are you thinking about your man, uh, Otto Porter Jr., potentially becoming oh, a net? Oh, th- thank you for—so uh, you have—you're—you're—you're you're, you're, you're pretty up up. I've caught up. I've spent some yeah. time this afternoon poking around. Um, I would be—I would be— um, quite intrigued. I, I think, in theory, and we talked about this around the trade deadline time um, of last season, that Otto Porter, in theory at least, would be like a perfect net. Perfect, you know, 3 and D, throw him out there, low usage, uh, shooter, can defend multiple positions. Uh, the thing that worries me, and this will not shock anyone who has paid even a, a little bit of attention to Otto Porter's career over the last three years, is that he almost never plays. <laughs> yeah, which would make him hurt. a perfect net. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right, we have quite a lot of that. And even the players who are basically Iron Men, like James Harden, um, quickly deteriorate under our, our watch. So... Uh, would be concerned about that, but again, I mean, we would, I assume, just be signing him to a minimum deal, so not too a much. A minimum deal? 
Yeah, I, I mean, the guy has not played very much at all. <laughs> we offered him $100 million a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, we we gave Tyler Johnson a big contract. You know, I, I think these people come off these Nets contracts shattered men. <laughs> it's a death sentence <laughs> for these guys. It really is. Um, I, I don't, I mean, if people want to offer him, I mean, would I be shocked if, like, he gets an MLE or something? No, but I don't think you're looking at big money for Otto Porter. <laughs> I I don't know. I can't. I cannot see him being on a vet minimum, but maybe I'm you know way off on that. I do think MLE could be could be right for him. Um, yeah. <clears throat> What about, I'm going to name two more names. Do you let me know if either of them are of interest to you? Bryn Forbes, who's been rumored <laughs> to come to the Nets, or David and Nwaba's Neighborhood. Oh, I've got bad news on David Nwaba's Neighborhood. He signed a three-year deal, William, with the, the Rockets to stay with, with what? Houston. Yeah. Three-year oh, deal, no. $15 million. I mean, he deserves every penny of that, but that's horrible news. Yeah, I know. So I would have loved to have him. Uh, And then Brent Forbes, you know more about him than I do. And as I recall, you semi-seriously like him? Oh, very semi. (laughs) Heavy (laughs) emphasis on the semi. Right, more ironically than actual. Yes, no, I have seen him erupt from three-point land in games. But I will say I was a little disconcerted that he essentially fell completely out of the rotation during the finals. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we need a guy who wasn't able to play in the finals this year on a team that had already you know, needed players badly. Um, that said, Simon, can I tell you what's what's uh, got my my spidey sense going on the Bryn Forbes rumors? Yes. It suggests to me that the Nets may be interested in moving away from Joe Harris. Interesting. Um, Interesting. I I I just get the sense that if they're if they're seriously linked to Bryn Forbes and they're taking guys like Kessler Edwards and Marcus Zagorowski, they're looking for cheap filler for Joe Harris, perhaps moving somewhere else. So it is my suspicion, as is often the case with Sean Marks, the thing that literally no one is talking about is the thing that happens. Um, And I haven't heard really a peep about Joe Harris getting moved since like three days after we got eliminated from the playoffs and everyone burned his jersey and swore that, you know, they would never root for him again, blah, 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 blah. Haven't really heard many much buzz about him getting moved during free agency. But I'm thinking that by reading these tea leaves that maybe – they're looking to move off of him and try and get cheaper three-point specialists. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it could be. I'd be very curious to see what we would get for for Joe Harris. I, I don't know if you saw, but but uh, um, 
Sean Marks did say that in free agency they would be looking for um, for uh, some some more depth at the center position and uh, specifically defense and rebounding via that position. So well, maybe he would look to address that in a, <clears throat> a Joe Harris. Simon, I've got a I've got a trade for you that I am somewhat I I I think is a somewhat serious possibility. I don't know if if either team would actually do this, but I think that it's a reasonable enough trade. And I want you to tell me what you think. So as okay. as we both know, Philadelphia is shopping Ben Simmons around. But that right now they're in in absolute fucking lunacy mode where they're they're like we'll take seven first round picks and your best player for Ben Simmons. Right. And right, right. teams are leaking their the things that that Daryl Morey is offering because they're so absurd and he's clearly in delusional mode trying to build up, you know, trying to get a deal from someone, but it, it's just not working. I think we've got a deal that both teams could could benefit from. And this might be the, the best sort of deal out there for Simmons at this point. Joe Harris, uh-huh. Spencer Dinwiddie on an S and T and DeAndre Jordan. For Ben Simmons, William. <laughs> think. I mean, no. Think about it. So, Phil, I'm thinking Philly. About it. Philly needs a starting point guard. Spencer uh-huh. Dinwiddie. Philly needs. <laughs> Philly needs a shooter. Hey, we'll give you the best three point shooter during the regular season in the league. During the regular season, <laughs> uh, in Joe Harris, you don't want to bring back. Um, Dwight Howard, because he's a little weird? Fine. Bring in locker room fucking stalwart and great backup for Joel Embiid, DeAndre Jordan. Win, 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 win. Uh, William, I got to tell you, it might be my my oxygen tank isn't fully pulling right now, but uh, that seems cuckoo to me. Uh, I... I don't know that there is – what, 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 I'll just settle on the crux of, of why I find that trade a bit hard to swallow if I'm a, a Sixers fan. It would be a trade where you not only give up the best player in the, in the trade, but you take on a, <laughs> a toxic <dump>. contract. <laughs> okay, so you throw in Kessler Edwards. <laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> okay, how about Cam Thomas? Oh my God! No, I look. I I would like to have Ben Simmons. Even I would, but I don't see a way to get there that doesn't involve trading one of the big one of the big three. Okay. All right. All right, bro. I feel like I feel like that makes a lot of sense for both sides, but I may be I may be alone in that. Do you need a backup for for Joel Embiid? You've got literally the Take, worst option right. available. Here's a guy who couldn't back up Reggie Perry. <laughs> exactly. A bruiser in Alabama or Arkansas or wherever he went to school. Yeah. A bruiser. Um, okay. 
A couple more things we got to hit in free agency that that I gotta I gotta hear your take on. Sounds like we're gonna get Blake Griffin. Is that is that the sense you're getting? That is the sense I'm getting. Uh, as well, little concern. We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen Jack shit at 7:44 already, and I, I'm scrolling here. I don't see anything on the Nets getting anyone. So I'm a little concerned that something that seems to me like a slam dunk, as as you mentioned, not not coming through here. But yeah, it does seem like that was that was likely. Uh, that, La- Lakers Lakers just got Trevor Ariza and Wayne I Ellington. Saw. Yeah. Remember when we had Wayne Ellington? Yeah, I loved him. That was very <laughs> brief, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we're probably going to have Blake Griffin, though I agree that it wasn't one of the, like, Woj and Sham 6 p.m. scheduled tweets is a little bit unnerving. Yeah, uh, I could definitely see Blake Griffin being courted by the Lakers. Sure, sure. Um, okay, and next one, Nets extend Bruce Brown so we can match any offer. Uh, how are you feeling on that? Good, and that's another guy that we haven't heard anything about, like since that QO, baby. Like there's been nothing. I've seen nothing that like this team is thinking about him, or the Nets are confident they're gonna sign. You know what I mean? Just like nothing on the Bruce Brown front. So well, what do you think about the idea that Javon Carter is our new cheaper Bruce Brown? I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, I, I would still, I would still like to have them both. Uh, because I, to me, you can never have enough uh, dogged defenders. How uh, excited are you about was. Javon Carter? Really excited. Uh, he is the exact you, been, type of goon that you have been waiting for. Yeah, no, I I love it. I love that he's built extremely, like strongly. I don't know a better word, but he looks like he's not that big in terms of weight or height but he's like kind of like a brick a brick wall out there yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and uh yeah yes any kind of feisty tough nagging annoying d he's uh, tough mean as hell he'll guard you all the way up the court he's a he's a, a magnet for steals uh he's got a he's got a mean fiery attitude like you like I love it. No, I, I'm I'm really excited. I hope that he gets playing time with the Nets. I really do. What and, do you think about him? Oh, I'm I'm I think Javon Carter is a great fit. I was actually surprised, and I think it's largely because Cam Payne uh, came on so hot in the playoffs, and uh-huh. it was just a bucket for them that that Javon Carter sort of fell out of the rotation. But I was surprised that they didn't introduce him in that Buck series, especially maybe in like. In game five, when it was clear that, you know, like they needed to do something differently in order to stop um, the Bucks, I think that Javon Carter could have helped them in that series. Um, And I'm very, very excited. I hope I hope we we keep him. Um, I imagine that we will because he's very cheap and theoretically at least a rotation player. Right. I I agree. Um, That said. What did you do 
uh, to honor the passing of Landry Shamit from this team? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, he, I will always appreciate his performance in Game Five when he was he was quite good. He was essential to our to us eking out a victory in the, the Game Five of the the Bucks series. Um, the he series was awesome. that shall not be named. Right. He was awesome and came through in the extreme clutch. Uh, you know, so that that's that to me was definitely his peak. I expressed many frustrations with him throughout the year, and I can't say that I'm, you know, crying over his loss. It does seem as um, Kevin Pelton sort of charted in his little trade grades thing that, like, with each passing year, his value goes down based on, like, what he's traded for. But, um, but you know, w- wish him the best of luck. He, he it, it, it's, it's sort of like... You know, it's a little sad when players, uh, like, it's just clear, like, there's certain things they're just never going to be able to do, and, like, because of, like, physical limitations, and to me, that's, like, defense for Shamit, because he, as we've talked about, um, tries hard, seems to really scrap out there, but he's just too small and short to, to really be like a wing out there yeah i mean he tries on defense he's just not very good at it yeah um okay what else about free agency do you need to get off your chest before we wrap up our free agency segment uh good question um i don't i don't know i i'm trying to think what i like what my dream scenarios are oh oh Still holding out hope for Marcus Smart, William. I know I, I'm on Marcus Smart Island here, but there is lots of talk of him getting traded. Yeah, I uh, hope he goes anywhere else. I mean, especially with getting <laughs> Javon, J- Javon Carter. I mean, why do we need – he's like a tenth of the price of Marcus Smart and does the exact same thing, except he's actually much, much better at shooting. Ouch. He is much well, better. Like, he, objectively, he's much better at shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope Don't you make st- me hate I, Javon Carter. I okay? hope you stay alone on that island, honestly. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, no, no. I mean, you know, you should be isolated right now. Yeah, I am deeply isolated. I'm not allowed to leave my home until August 7th. <laughs> and on that Help day, me. we shall celebrate. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, there's... Uh, it's an exciting night. I'm really hoping we see something about the Nets getting someone because they're starting to drop all this Lakers stuff, and it's a little disconcerting that the Nets aren't reporting any signings at the moment. But we did get five new rookies, and uh, maybe we're going with a beautiful <laughs> mix of extremely, <laughs> extremely young. Oh, wow. Dwight Howard just agreed to return to the Lakers. Yay. So, hey, now Philly really needs <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. Oh, my God. It's all happening. <laughs> Isn't it a little annoying, William, that the Nets have not done a damn thing yet? Yes, it's extremely. 
Extre- and this is why it was important that we record right in the middle of this thing. We need to capture the anxiety as it happens. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, you know, come on. Hello. 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 Um, all right, Simon. It wouldn't be a Maybe Next Time podcast if we didn't take a trip out of the salivating mouth of Nets Nation and into the rather arid environs <laughs> of assistant coach corner. Oh, of course. <laughs> and I think you know where I'm going with this, Simon. It is time to welcome new assistant coach Brian Keen. Oh, yes. (laughs) So, Simon, when did Brian Keene get onto your radar as one of the up-and-coming assistant coaches in the league? How many years ago? Um... Since he was in diapers, uh, <laughs> just like, just like, um, who did I say I've known for, t- wait, anyway, I don't know. Adam him, Harrington, uh, Tiago Splitter. Uh, <laughs> Damn you, Will Weaver. Um, Damn you, Wales Weavers. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, David um, Vanderpool? Pelt? Pool? Right. Is that the one you, you knew pool? from diapers? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, somebody's in diapers. So I, I, it sounds like this guy. Okay. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't a coach. It was one of our draft picks that I said, I've been, I've been monitoring. Are you talking Marcus Zagorowski? Yeah, that seems like right. So anyway, he, you know, it seems fine to me, right? He's an established assistant coach, obviously not quite, the pedigree of Mike fucking D'Antoni, but, um, you know, you're not always going to get an assistant coach with who's won uh, coach of the year twice. So, um, but happy to have him, you know, he, this, uh, keen, uh, coached, uh, Durant, right. Uh, for some time. Yeah. At Oklahoma city. Yeah. I think he's, he's known as a defensive specialist. Hey, that's good, huh? We're going to need that. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think the majority, like uh, Vander, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, David Vanderpult or Vanderpelt, I, what, what, that coach, we all know who I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh. Uh, he uh-huh. also uh-huh. is more known for his defense. Um, so I think with the passing of D'Antoni, and I mean passing from our team, not passing out of right, this, yeah. this yes, realm you, and on this to the this. next one, <laughs> Simon, he's not up in heaven right now. No, he's still, he's still, uh, <laughs> miring in the, the physical realm that we all do right now. <laughs> uh, anyway. With the passing of D'Antoni, we don't really have an offensive-oriented coach, assistant coach. Right. Is my understanding. I mean, maybe Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Um, the reason I find that funny is because I remember watching Amari as a player, and the offense appeared to be... Get the get the pass from Steve Nash and dunk it. 
but yes, uh, maybe he's, you know, uh, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, Steve is, a, has a great offensive mind, but, um, it's, it's true. Um, you know, we're, we're going to face some, some offensive difficulties, I think in terms of, I mean, obviously we're going to score, but you know, we, we found that when we got too bogged down in ISO ball stuff, stuff didn't work out as well. And it's tough to kind of get, to get unstuck sometimes. So, you know, I think we'll still need some offensive strategizing. I do too, Simon. And, uh, I hope, (laughs) I hope we get it. And mostly I hope we get it in the form of an assistant coach who we can talk about in assistant coach corner. (laughs) Yeah. What's your keen, keen take? Um, keen, keen's a guy, Simon, uh, who, he just, he's one of those people that just has a, a certain presence, right? <laughs> yeah, you know when they walk in the room. They walk in the room and they just have this magnetism about them. Keen's uh-huh. one of those types. And for me, that is a prerequisite for any assistant coach. If you're a video guy like uh, D'Antoni, then you you can be sort of... You can walk in a room and not immediately have all the gravity, <laughs> you know, emanating right. we, from your persons. Not we, so if you're if you're the defensive coordinator on a, on an assistant coaching bench. Who do you think right. is going to sit closer to Steve Nash, uh, Brian Keene, or David Vanderpool? Great question. I think it's got to be Vanderpool. I think Vanderpool has more. Uh... You think you think he's the lead assistant? I think Jacques Vaughn is is the lead assistant. Oh shit! Also, Alizé Johnson, another big on our team that I've totally forgotten about. Yeah, yeah. He's tweeting. What is his? Oh, okay. What's he saying? I mean, nothing about the goddamn Nets. <laughs> nothing about the Nets. Uh, apparently, us and the Lakers are in pursuit of Patty Mills. Yes, that's exciting. I th- I think that's exciting. I like Patty Mills. What do you think about him? Oh, Patty Mills would be fantastic. Um, I think that he would probably get more run and have more of a role on the Lakers, honestly. Ouch! But that's not to say, you know, I, 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 I hope he comes to the Nets, but I think he'd just be, like, more of, like, the ninth or tenth guy on the Nets where I think he could legitimately be, like, a fifth or sixth guy on the Lakers, which is, yeah. in, in a way, kind of a knock on the Lakers. Yeah, suck on that, Lakers. <laughs> uh, seem to be signing a lot more people than we, we are, but... Right. Um, uh the only team I haven't seen mentioned today is the Nets. But we do this in, uh, you know, we do these things bizarrely. When you least expect it, the Nets will the Nets will pounce. Simon, uh, I think we're going to skip our restaurant this week because we're almost at the hour mark. You okay. did and, a few and my, weeks. My, my O-Tank is running on empty. <laughs> but before you were saddled with an O-Tank, we were going to do a segment called Simon Sins Not One But Two Tweets, and then those two tweets turned into a third tweet. But this story is is staler than our takes on Marcus Zegarowski. 
It's yeah. about a Team USA beef from about a week and a half ago. <laughs> Maybe longer than that, honestly. Do you care to delve into these tweets, or should we just tease our listeners without going into details? I will, I will tease, but with a little bit of detail. I, I will tease the way that Google takes from the various news organizations several paragraphs before um, you need to click in. <laughs> right, before their IP lawyers tell them that they will be <laughs> exactly. indefensibly ripping them off it's, if they exactly. include anymore. Um, I'm, I'm giving our listeners the, the Google treatment here. Um, so basically um, Kevin Durant there, – there was video shown of Kevin Durant – and Bam Adebayo getting into kind of a pretty uncomfortably serious um, argument over who's who, whether Bam had taken Kevin Durant's basketball after Kevin Durant had um, scored. Had made a, a huge no-no. And, right, exactly. And then basically, the 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 gist is that Kevin Durant followed that up with a tweet. That that added um, Bam Adebayo admonishing him. Then things spiraled. Bam tweeted something with a middle finger in it at Kevin Durant. That was not good. And, yeah, stop and, lying, KD. You saw right. Dame Lillard take your rock. You just tried a little bro me uh, middle finger emoji. Right. And then Kevin Durant tweeted something that basically made it seem like he was trying to. The whole thing was a joke. But you know, as even. William and I are, are not um, Twitter um, savants, but we do know that the cry laughing face is tailor-made for situations like this if you're actually making a joke because you can say something that's totally unfunny and then add that, and, you know, it's, it's a funny joke. Um, so he didn't do that. It's just very clear that Kevin Durant gets um, upset quite easily, and... We just have to remember that because as many things went wrong in our our year last year, we were pretty lucky in a lot of ways, including in the way that none of the three stars, at least publicly, blew up at each other. I could not believe that that was made public. And I was (laughs) just wondering if I don't spend enough time on Twitter looking at this and this is common, but I don't think that was so unbelievably petty. (laughs) <laughs> like what KD did. Like, I understand he was frustrated at BAM, but that seems like something that 100% should stay in practice. Yes, and it also, yes, I I, I agree. Uh, you'll note that, uh, that the other guy who was kind of dragged into this, um, Dame Lillard, did not tweet anything about it. Um, because his, uh, I, I would suggest because his um, EQ is slightly higher than Bam and, and <laughs> Kevin's. Um, I mean, Bam, you know, I, I understand why he would want to defend himself when, like, one of the biggest stars in the game tried to make him look like an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I do think, and I, I love Kevin Durant. He is the greatest thing that Me has too. ever happened to the Nets. Me too. Um, but I do do think if I had to to put the the petty crown on someone involved in this interaction, I would put it on to 
Kevin Durant's head. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do that reluctantly and apologetically, KD, I love you. You are the best net ever of all time, and you will lead us to potentially a championship one day. But why do you care to share on Twitter that someone like <laughs> didn't follow the unspoken etiquette rule of passing you the ball after you've made a shot? And also, and then, maybe not. Like, maybe Bam didn't actually, wasn't in the wrong right. on that. It's, I think it's he's... totally... Yeah, I think that, yeah, his 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 defense that you were just trying to little bro me and someone else did that is seems like it could be true. I, I haven't zagrudered the film uh, <laughs> to the level requisite to know for sure who's, who's to blame, but it does <laughs> seem like it is one of those things you could... Maybe talk about post practice with your teammate. Not sure. not share with your literal millions of Twitter followers. <laughs> he did. I, I do just want. I know we've gone on on this, but but it's it is intriguing. Uh, he did. <laughs> I I, I want to say William. He he followed your exact thing that you laid out even before it actually happened. Where. He did the whole thing that we're describing and then said it was a joke. And then somebody tweeted like, yeah, this is what somebody says, you know, that they were joking when they realized they've gone too far. And then Kevin Durant's response was like, man, people are so, you know, they're so focused on like whatever I'm feeling and thinking, you know, like you just can't get enough, you know, you're, you're following my every move. Oh boy. But it's just like, well, you, you did something weird and <laughs> right. you claimed it was a joke right. and there's no evidence it was a joke. I know, I know, I know. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those horrible situations you're watching in real time and like the person is making, you know, it's like a, a middle school thing where you're like, you know, no, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, yeah, you, you did. You, you did do that. <laughs> it's okay. We could all move on and not... But at some point, you have to own the fact that you took to Twitter about someone <laughs> potentially not giving you your ball when you made a shot at practice today. Right. And and um, tagged them. And tagged To them. make sure that they knew. And two millions of people who follow <laughs> you. Like, how many followers does, does uh, Kevin Durant have? Uh, I don't know. But he, I can find he out. He has 19.2 million followers. So 19.2 <laughs> million people needed to be alerted that Bam may not have given him his ball back. <laughs> so you just got to own that at a certain point and say, you know what? I got carried away. Bam is an admirable young player and, more importantly, my temporary teammate. And uh, we've both moved on, and I regret having escalated this to this point. Now, now I was joking. No, you care about my feelings. It's your stupid fault, uh, et cetera, right. et cetera. Now, William, I do want to bring up one one thing here, uh, and then I, I have no further thoughts on the matter. But. <laughs> It turns yeah, out we both we have talk, a lot of thoughts on this matter. <laughs> I am breathless. Uh, but it doesn't matter. No, I think that I mean it is just so interesting to me. But um but he 
I, I, Bam, as we've talked about, does seem to get under people's skin. Like we, you've talked about that Jared Allen is like an incredibly meek and mild guy, except when facing Bam out of pie, when he just erupts in like <laughs> a rage that we've never seen before or since. So it's possible that Bam has a special way of irking people. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I mean, I think it's one of the things that is most exciting about him. Like, yeah, I, I, I really, really like Bam. Um, and that he pisses other people off so intensely is, is amazing. And why, why he and Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler have, the potential, put you know, to be the first ever threesome to win an NBA championship through annoyance alone, right. just like it's through the, it's, frustrating the other players so much. It, exactly, it's the William Bluer, uh, Clayton Cheney tag team. No, Cole, Cole, Borgeson, Cole sorry. Borgeson. Cole Borgeson tag team. Um, indeed. So, Simon, we really. We've gone way over an hour at this point, as of course, of course, we would. It's a huge night. Um, we've oh, gone yes. over an hour. Not, it's not for the Nets. But... No, it's it's eight oh eight p.m. <laughs> it's eight oh eight p.m. Just so people know, we're doing this in real time. We do. I, I know it seems like we do a lot in in uh, post to refine the the sights and sounds of this podcast, but we don't. We're recording real time, so it's eight oh nine now, and. That means two hours and nine minutes into to free agency, the Nets have done nothing. The Knicks just signed Evan Fournier to a huge contract. <laughs> that, that is so ne- good. Nets, I, that is so yeah, good. very Knicksy. The Nets, <laughs> the Nets have. Uh, sorry. Nets Daily has now gone down the hole of like why P, uh, Patty Mills is definitely going to be coming there. <laughs> Just spoiler alert: Nets Daily has no intel on this. Okay, folks, <laughs> he has he has no insight on whether Patty Mills may or may not sign our mid-level exception. That's that is maybe the first fact I can stand behind on this podcast. Uh-huh. Um. But yes, the Nets have done nothing. We know we are we are none that we have no idea if Blake Griffin's coming back. It seems like if things continue on the way they have, uh, Blake Griffin and many other former Nets may be a Laker sooner rather than later. <laughs> are they going to run out of roster spots anytime soon? <laughs> right. Uh, I think there's a, several players who are reverse contracting, so they are paying <laughs> to play on the Lakers this season. Right. Uh, they will all be rewarded with starring roles in Space Jam 3. <laughs> Can you believe Aaron Fournier? I, Ivan Fournier, to me, is the quintessential crap player. <laughs> I, I really do not like Evan Fournier. Uh, no, he's, uh, I mean, I, he's really good in international play. Uh, as evidenced by France beating the crap out of Team USA the other right. day. But right. he is a, a total bum, especially in the playoffs. Um, I mean, he can get hot, and he's he's a good shooter, but in the playoffs he never, ever shows up. Um, so we'll be a, you know, it'll be nice to be on the Knicks where they won't have to worry about that. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, I was hoping we might have some more bombs. The only bomb really was that Jeff Green went somewhere else. Uh, which yeah, is, we had a sad bomb. Which is a bummer. But, Simon, our next episode is going to be our 200th episode. Which oh my goodness! Is amazing. Yeah. So I was thinking we, we. I was thinking this anyway, but I thought that the nickname would be sort of a perfect episode because it would be. It'll. What we were thinking about doing is looking at some nicknames of Nets past that Simon and I have come up with, um, as a way to. I don't know. Look back at our the the sort of run of maybe Nets time, all two hundred episodes, the players we've seen come and go, and maybe give our current Nets um, and maybe some assistant coaches nicknames. Like come up with one for Brian Keane, um, <laughs> one for obviously we'll do Marcus Zagorowski and Kessler Edwards and Raekwon. Oh, the yeah. whole new crew. We'll come up with names, and it'll be sort of a com- commemoration of Nets past and Nets present for our 200th episode. Sound that all right to you? That sounds perfect. Okay. Oh, and yes. we would highly encourage you, especially if you're listening at the one hour, 12 minute mark of potentially our longest episode <laughs> ever, <laughs> as Simon struggles to breathe. <laughs> uh, send help, Nets Nation. Please. Send help or an email with right. a question or a nickname you have for a net player, past or present, that you'd like to share with us for our next podcast, our 200th episode of Maybe Next Time. Which, by the way, Simon, amazing. I hope we can do it live and in person and that you're fully recovered and that we can you know, safely interact in person. But it may be at a distance, which is fine, right? Yes. Your health is, is, is this podcast <laughs> and my priority. Thank you, William. And don't forget the disease I have could kill you too. Okay. So. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway. It's good good for both of us to stay away in some instances. Yeah, very much so. And I intend to stay away from you until the CDC, <laughs> who changes its guidelines on a literal minute-to-minute basis, uh, tells me that it is safe to be in your presence once again. And, and Nets Nation, I could kill you, too. Okay. Okay, Simon. <laughs> you are doing a good job of quarantining. You're staying healthy, if not totally sane. And that's very important. <laughs> Um, but I think we are going to have to let people go because we're, we're going to hit the... Bye-bye. <laughs> Hold on. Let's do one final check, Simon. Okay. For, uh, for oh, nope. Nick signed Derek Rose. Okay. Another Do next a thing. a massive contract. A massive contract. $43 million dollars for three years. It's, that is incredible. A- every year. Don't you find it, William? Every year. It's like, you, you, I, I'm always like, you know, there's got to be some limit to like players getting enormous contracts. And I, I, I'm happy for them to, to make the money. I really am. They deserve it. They're the only reason any of this exists. Uh, owners are horrible. But every year I'm like, is there going to be a cooling down in contracts? And there never seems to be, even in the wake of a devastating economic pandemic driven disaster. No, just like it's it's 43 million for 
Derrick Rose. Yeah, he, I mean, he was very, very good for them last year as a sixth man, but that's that's a ton of cash. Uh, good for him. We're happy for him. We're happy for the Knicks, most importantly. They've got Evan Fournier and Derrick Rose. They've got the, the, the team of their future. <laughs> a super bold Frenchman and... A very, very, very late career Derrick Rose. <laughs> Who's going to be spending an additional three years with your New York Knicks. Hey, the one thing I got to give Knicks credit for tonight, they've made a signing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I no don't kidding. care if it's a signing I disagree with. I just care that it is a <laughs> signing, objectively a signing, and that... It'd just be a thrilling thing to feel for your team to make a signing. Yes. What is going on? So, somebody somebody, wake up, uh, Sean Marks. Um, maybe he's down under and, and his clocks are off. <laughs> yeah, his clocks are going the wrong way. <laughs> somebody get that guy a clock. Okay, we have got to let our listeners go. Thank you so much if you've listened to all one hour and 16 minutes of this. It's... A true testament to your loyalty and to the strength of Nets Nation. Simon, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. And we will go ahead and see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she laid sleeping I read the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read